Hello, 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Sid Stroth, and I'm here with Kate Akuse, a candidate in the running for Mercer Island's Chamber of Commerce. She's running for election to city council position number six, and she has been living on Mercer Island for around eight years or so. So, Kate, I'm very excited to get started. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Sid. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. So let's just jump right in. We got 10 minutes. So <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, why are you interested in running for city council? And what would be your highest priority if elected? Yeah. So um, my interest in city council is that I feel like as an elected body, our city council is supposed to be the voice of the community. Um, and as such, I think every council member um, has an obligation to ensure that all voices in our community are heard and respected on civic topics. And that's just not happening right now. Um, like so many municipal governments, ours has taken a page from the national political playbook and become extremely polarized. I've spoken to so many folks going door to door that can't tolerate the hostility. Um, but the, t the types of meetings we're having and uh, all that hostility on social media, that's not who we are as Islanders. I think we're really just kind of a moderate group of people, you know, highly educated. We love our schools. We love our parks. Um, we all want very, very similar things. So I think that that tone needs to come down. And I think the city council has a big role to play in that and setting the tone, setting a welcoming table for everybody. Um, you also asked about priorities in terms of priorities. Um, I fear that we really have not done enough to address the homelessness issue. Right. Um, our... Uh, our police and our social services workers do not have the tools they need to really address this issue. Um, even though we passed this homelessness ordinance last year, I've seen an uptick in people on the streets and I'm understanding watching these different cases evolved that um, there's a missing link and it's the mental health link. And um, we do not have adequate ability for our social services workers or our police officers to manage people who are in a mental health crisis. Um, if they don't want to come in, if they're not a threat to themselves or someone else, their hands are tied. And our police really feel like their hands are tied after some of the legislation that's been passed at the state. So I think we need, uh, as a city, I think we really need to rally with surrounding cities and demand that the state increase the availability of residential, um, uh, long-term residential living um, and assisted living opportunities for people in mental health crisis. Um, they're, they're kind of stuck right now, and I really feel for our uh, officers and our social services workers. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Uh, I hadn't, like, I, I had definitely thought about the homelessness issue, uh, and in fact, I was going to be like, ooh, I was, I'm going to dig in, maybe I'll ask about that. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't really think about it in the mental health like, perspective, and that's definitely a very valid, very, like, a, a very interesting perspective to look at, look at it from. Yeah, so uh, residents keep talking about wanting more retail, restaurant, and entertainment options on Mercer Island, uh, especially, you know, after the pandemic, like, all of this business stuff has been hit pretty hard. Um, is it possible, and what would you do to make it happen? Well, I think um, that our city's taken a very reactive approach to development, and that's made a lot of folks unhappy. You know, there's people who don't want to see any change at all. Um, we have a very rapidly changing demographic, and some people do want to see change. Some people are thrilled about light rail, some are not. Um, and what we really need as a community is to come together on a vision, and the city council has a lead role in guiding that along with the Chamber of Commerce. We need to um, get people to stop talking past each other really listen to each other, see what the needs of all in our community are. And then we need to work with the development community 
um, to put forth that vision and to work with the development community to get what we want. Because right now, we're just getting development proposals and we're reacting to them. You know, I would love to see, you know, a, uh, a promenade or something that's, you know, accessible by e-bike, by foot, by light rail, by car. You know, we all use different modes of transportation. Um, you know, people talk about needing more walkability. And one thing that um, really frustrates me is the uh, lack of imagination. You know, there's this footprint set for a downtown in the 1970s, and, and people are acting like that's a prison sentence. It's not. Right. You know, I work in uh, river restoration. We unbuild things all the time. That's what I do for a living. And, you know, if, if our vision doesn't match the exact layout, you know, if we want to do something different with pedestrian-friendly access, we can. But we have to work with developers instead of just waiting to see what they bring us and fighting them on it. Right. That's a, that's a very good point because, right, times are definitely evolving and we need to grow to match the times, match the people and the evolving demographic. And yeah, I definitely think that's an, a really good point. So thinking of that evolving demographic thing, um, what is your ideal Mercer Island of the future and what would you do now to make that happen? Well, honestly, I think this is a pretty idyllic place to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I've got two kids. My partner has two. We've got four kids. We've got a grandparents and uncle, two uncles on the island. Um, wow. Love the parks, love the schools, love the people. We are ambitious and highly, highly talented group of people. So I love it here. But yes, I do recognize that our demographics are shifting. I think about um, generational issues, you know, our... Um, We've got a lot of seniors that are in housing crisis in our community. It takes two or three years to find a condo to downsize to, and that's that's not acceptable. And then I think of like, I think we call them the snake people now. I used to call them Generation Y. Um, this is the first generation in the history of the nation that's going to have less opportunity to accumulate wealth than the generation before. And we need to think about housing options for them. They are evolving what their idea of the American dream is because the American dream that many other generations on our island have been able to attain is just simply not attainable. Um, so we need to, um, I think that's why I'd be good for this position as a, a firm Gen Xer. I think I can be a bridge because I understand the concerns. I have a ton of respect for a tradition, a ton of respect. I was very close to my maternal grandparents. Um, and I, I just have a ton of respect for the seniors in our community, but I also understand that our, our young adults, those uh, 20 to 40 year olds, they just have such huge economic challenges ahead of them. Yeah. They were hammered by the Great Recession. And uh, I think we need to think about both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, that, that, that's a very good point. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see how you're able to like empathize with both. And yeah, I wish I could do that, but a little bit distant. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. You have time. You have time. Yeah, I got time. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, getting close to the end, um, what would be your approach if a fellow council member or someone in the community has differing opinions from you? Um, well, you know, I think you've got to start from a place of empathy. I, you know, I've got a lot of people being hostile to me. It's an election year. You know, right, I've, right. I've got people, I ask them to come have a cup of coffee. Some of them won't even meet me. They'll, they'll, they'll say nasty things without even meeting it. And I'm like, you know, that's all about fear. You know, so you've got to approach that person who um, is upset or, or strongly disagrees with you from a place of empathy, understanding what is driving that, what is driving that anger, what is driving that fear, and just listen. Just really, really listen and, and look for common ground. You've got to do that. That's the only way we're going to get through this, um, you know, wicked political system we're dealing with <laughs> right. now. You know, we've yeah. got to bring the tone back down. We've got to bring civil discourse back to City Hall. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing point. And, yeah, it definitely starts from, I think, 
especially even even within like a political party, just people just don't want to listen to each other, right? And I think, yeah, that's that's definitely like stemmed a lot of the problems, I guess. Um, yeah, so that is all the questions I have for today. So thank you so much for coming here and interviewing with us. I'm really sure that the 88.9 The Bridge and the Mercer Island community will appreciate you being here. So yeah, thank you for listening to KMIH and tune in later for more interviews with the Mercer Island Chamber of Commerce candidates. Thank you. This has been Sid Straw here at 88.9 The Bridge.